0: Thanks for joining us again this week to hear part two of our conversation with one of our Ionicare caregivers, Steve Strauss. If you missed part one, I'd highly recommend going back to take a listen so you're totally caught up with this incredible story. I'm so excited to bring you the rest of this episode today. And as he takes us through the end of his journey, Steve digs into some of the most important things he learned and what he intends to carry forward from his caregiving experience
1: and i think you also mentioned before um this 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 almost became a gift of time for you and pam uh that was her phrase that was her phrase that
2: was her phrase yeah 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 some weeks into the deal, it wasn't right at the front. It was some weeks into it. She said she had the gift of time. In fact, I posted this in the Care app, and I want to make a comment on the app here in a little bit. But I posted that up there that she said, you know, there are people who die in a car wreck. There are people who have a heart attack and don't wake up. Uh, people have a piano fall on them while they're walking down the street, whatever. She said there are people that are here and then gone. And she said, I feel like I've got the gift of time because she actually had me drive her around to the cleaners, to the, cleaners, uh, to the uh, 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 drive-through window at the pharmacy. And she was able to tell people, thank you. She was able to express how grateful she had been for how they had treated her because we lived in a fairly small town and a lot of high hun hi-you uh, kind of folks. And uh, in fact, that's one of the things we liked about where we lived is it's it's uh, a friendly community. But she got to go around and tell people that. And she got to tell family that. She got to tell other friends that. And she said, you know, I've got the gift of time. So as opposed to counting the days of, oh, my God, I'm going to die, it was using this space to do that. So uh, the gift of time is... I think, a powerful phrase yeah.
1: from her lips. And, you know, so glad that, uh, you know, you guys had that. Um, it also sounds like in that in that journey of 100 days, um, you were really able to be present with Pam. Mm. And so would love to hear a little bit about how you were able to do that. I think we all aspire. I mean, I have a six-year-old. I think about this all the time. When I'm with him, I want to be present. But in practice, a lot of times that doesn't happen. It's not as present as we want to be. Um, And so, you know, when uh, you were going through those 100 days, you had, it sounds like you had this ability to really be present with Pam. What... How were, how were you able to do that? And, you know, what, what was that like? Um, Would love to hear the context there.
2: There there are two aspects to the answer to that. One was uh, geography. Um, The, uh, our daughter and son-in-law uh, uh, Pam and I had a split uh, king-size bed, the mechanical thing. <laughs> In fact, we had laughed when we bought it years earlier that we were buying our future hospital beds. <laughs> Be careful what you say. Um, but we took her half. Mm-hmm. Uh, they took her half and got it downstairs from our bedroom uh, into our great room because it's obvious she was going to have a problem negotiating stairs. And, and, and we set her up right there Uh, and the next day had the Christmas tree up. Uh, of course this even right there about Thanksgiving and kids and grandkids started coming in and within about, I don't know, three or four days, we moved my half of the bed down too. I, I thought I needed to get a good night's sleep or whatever and, and I didn't like it. So we moved mine down there and then we moved hers. And so we were side by side again. So, uh, part of the answer to your question is wow. we just made sure our geography yeah. was next Physically, to one Physically
1: The p- physical uh, proximity,
2: yeah. And I'm still working for a living. I'm a coach, but I work by phone, so periodically I'd go into my office and have a con- phone call with a client from somewhere around the world and, and do that. So we were not together every minute, but we were together. The other was the desire to be together. There, there was an absence of desperateness. And, and to say an absence of something like that, as I say, it sounds a little bit weird, but I, I, I think desperate for every moment you can get could be a part of a situation like that. And it was not with us. It was an absence of time when we were together. We were not marking time. We were not aware of seconds and minutes and, and that sort of thing. We were just together and, and really together, really together. I was holding her when she took her last breath. Oh. Buddy boy, you can't beat that. Yeah. You just cannot beat that. She was only not present. She was a little bit present when the hospice lady showed up on, on Thursday and took charge and really helped us get clear and but really once that was there the last 3 4 days she really wasn't here she was gone more than she was here so there, there was no trying to make sure I was communicating or anything i, th- I just let her go uh, I, I i got it that this was her process this was her deal and um, so to be able to be holding her when she took that last breath uh, was wonderful.
1: Yeah. I was so glad you, yeah. you got to do that.
2: An, an, another piece, and uh, I was not a compassionate guy. I was not somebody that you'd look in the dictionary and see my picture next to the word compassionate. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty get it done. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Uh I was 20 when we got married and I became responsible and you know I I put that man alone and I ran it. Uh that's my excuse, but truthfully, I'm not a terribly compassionate guy. I wasn't. And the hundred days helped me start down the path of experiencing the benefits of compassion. I would not tell you that today I'm a wonderfully compassionate guy. I can still be judgmental. I can still uh, accuse. I can still blame. I, I, I'm, I've still got that capa- uh, capability. But I'm yards down the road toward compassion and compassionate and feeling it and meaning it uh, that started really heavily in the 100 days. Really, that's, that's when it got kicked in. I'll I'll tell you a story. She, fairly early in the process, uh, before she became incontinent, we had a brick floor in the great room as part of this design of this thing, and and the bathroom was down at the end of that, and and she had an accident all the way down there. And, and I'm down on my hands and knees. She's crying. I'm down on my hands and just cleaning up behind her and, and getting it done. And not a typical role for me. And, and I'm there in the bathroom and she was apologizing. I said, look, this is love and action. Get over it. <laughs> and she said, what? I said, I, I can tell you I love you, but let me just clean up the mess because it's not a problem. we got a brick floor, got a tile bathroom, and it was okay. It it, it was a way to express, and I, and I didn't do it to it. I'm, I'm saying, I'm looking back on it. And I'm telling you, i label it. It was a way to express, I love you, and it's okay, and you're okay.
1: I mean, that is a key element of the role, just to express love for your loved one, for the care recipient. Um, yeah. That's, that's, it's such a. Do
2: you ever read the, do you ever read the five love languages book? The five love languages should everybody in a relationship, I believe should read it and then reread it and then discuss it with their, their partner.
1: Yeah. I think it's funny. You mentioned that. I think it's, um, it's Jessica's favorite book. <laughs> she talks about the love language all the time and we try to figure out what it is for even each of us as colleagues to be able to, you know, express and kind of work the most effectively. Um, but yeah, I mean, so that's, you know, I think, uh, that's a That's a, that's, it's a great way to put it.
2: Pam and I had different love languages. They were, they were that. And, and if you don't understand what's going on, it could feel like conflict. Once you understand it's go, Oh, okay. That's it. Uh, uh, words of affirmation and touch are the two top for me, uh, one and two, and acts of service uh, were high for her. And uh, it took me a long time to learn to do some acts of service as a way to express love to her. So she serving dinner for her was a great way to say, I love you. Making it and serving it, that was an act of service. And so she was Doing that as her love language, and I was just having dinner. Uh, you know, I didn't catch on uh, for a long time that it was that. So, five love languages—it's uh, uh, an easy recommendation for anybody.
1: You mentioned earlier, um, and I, this, this we can probably—I mean, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't want this to be you know a sales pitch for our product. But uh, you mentioned wanting to share a little bit about that, so um, oh yeah, yeah,
2: because I do want to. I do want to. I I don't mind. I I think it's completely valid to talk about why we're here today. Is uh, I sent out a broadcast early on to my network. I said instead of using Google Search or somebody else, I'm going to use the Steve Search Engine, and I sent out to everybody and said, "Does anybody know of an app?" that is good for tracking medications. And I got back from dear friend, former client, and, and a dear friend, she said, oh, try this app. And I got it, downloaded it, and it worked pretty well. Uh, but we were, we were around her enough, so we didn't really use that. But that same person then said, and by the way, there's a thing that a friend, one of her relatives had used called this care thing. So I downloaded it and realized, I was just, I was sending out and responding to an endless string of text, which is brutal, and and some emails and phone calls. And I said this cannot go on. And bingo, here came I. not care. And and we probably used eight percent of the features that you have <laughs> in your your software. I mainly just used it as a communication and connecting tool. We didn't need people to come walk the dog and and the other things that you have in there, but uh, we we got it going and I and I then sent out a lot of texts. If you want to be a part of this, go here and and register because this is the tool I'm going to use to communicate with folks. And I may not even respond if you. Come in any other way with a text or a phone call or whatever. I just may not respond to you because this is what we're going to use. It was clear, it was easy to use, and and would work. And so I think by the end you you'd probably have the staff. I think we had seventy people or something like that that were were in the loop. And I talked to a number of folks over time. They felt the connection through the process and to us and the whole bit. But I think that software just flat facilitated that it it was easy to read and then to choose to respond or not as, as necessary. And I'm, I'm just a huge fan of that tool that y'all had created. I'm sure you've made it better since then and all that, but it was really an important part of, including people who love Pam in the process.
1: No, that's that's great to hear. And you know it's why we built what we built. Um, what you described where there's so much one-off text chains and emails, all kind of managed separately and different people yeah. in different spaces it just becomes so unmanageable that's why we built the updates portion of the personal social app and i'm so glad that Camp pam was able to feel the connection with everybody that she's had she's touched in her life uh through this uh, you gave us some uh great feedback actually that's how we met i think you reached out uh, and offer some feedback. Uh, that feedback, we've since integrated and have made our solution much better. So we're grateful for that.
2: Actually, I made a request is what I did. I <laughs> said, uh, this app's going to go away. And before all these names and contacts go into the Bitbucket and everything that I wrote, uh, how do I get a copy of that? And you said, great idea. <laughs> and you did a, a little cobble up version first to get me some kind of crude stuff. And then you did it uh, really. So-, so I love the fact that y'all were were hearing and responsive and and added to the richness. So I thought, boy, if you do that with everybody, you're going to have the world's greatest app because what you're doing is building what people want and, and need and can use, not just a great idea you had sitting in the dark somewhere with a pitcher of beer and said, hey, let's make that in there. You, you did real things for folks. So.
1: No, and this is what we're here for, to serve Uh, caregivers like yourself that inspire us really every day to do what we do. Is there anything else you would like to share that we didn't cover?
2: Um, It's all okay. I'll tell you what, it's all okay. You know, uh, death is like the frame around a picture. Uh, A frame around the picture, the frame is not the point. Uh, it's the picture that's the point. And, and death is the frame around the picture of life. Uh, live while you're here. Uh, that's, that's old wisdom. That's nothing new from Steve. That's old wisdom. But let me tell you, I got it. <laughs> I learned it real clearly. Uh, live. I had the image the day before Christmas sitting here alone with Zoe the Wonder Dog, that there's this great open plain out in front of me of possible, uh, a level of freedom. And I, I've said to two or three folks recently, I said, this sounds, this sounds insane to say this, to say, gosh, my wife died and I'm really happy. And, and yet both of those are true statements. I wasn't responsible for her death. That was her journey. That's what happened. And it happened. It did happen. And I could grieve for the next five years and, and, and wear sackcloth and ashes if I want. But we completed in the hundred days and I came out amazingly whole and healthy and clean and looking forward. And now I've cleaned a whole bunch of other stuff and, and taken a lot of the life noise out so that I'm free to figure out what I want next and how do I want my life to unfold and where am I inspired as opposed to setting goals. Uh, I'm happy. My wife died and I'm happy is not a contradiction and it's not brutal uh, and I miss her and I wish she were here and she's not and I am. And I'm going to go forward. I am going forward now, and I'm choosing happy.
1: No, that's that's a great, great summary. And you know, you can you can choose how to how to really how to how to how to handle it. Uh, you can choose how you feel. And so you know, you've chosen happy, um, and uh, things things will be okay. I'm glad, so glad to hear that things are okay and things are well with you. Um, Thanks so much. Uh, really appreciate you sharing and, uh, you know, giving all these insights to our caregivers. Uh, we you, you just inspire us. Every time we talk, uh, I get inspired. And, you know, we just want to do more to make our platform better, to share more, to help uh, the caregivers that really need the support uh, that they deserve. So uh, Steve, really, really appreciate it.
2: You're most welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: I admire Steve so much. Being this vulnerable takes a lot of strength, and he really laid all of his cards on the table here. There's so much insight to be gained from his honesty and the way he talks about his life after caregiving. It's something we don't typically focus on, but no matter what your situation is, I think the way that Steve explores it here can provide so much comfort. You know, Steve's ability to move on from his wife's passing and to find joy and happiness after caring for her were a direct result from how he approached the time they had together. You know, I hope we can each take away and internalize how critical it is to be present. You know, it's so much going on each day. Sometimes it just feels like I'm just checking the boxes, right? Did the kids get dropped off? Yes. Did I bring my dad his medication? Yep. Did I send that email? Mm Mm-hmm. And the moments in between are just enough to catch my breath. And so I feel so lucky to hear his story as such a great reminder to make the most of our time while we have it. As always, let us know what you thought and jump into this conversation on social media where you can find us at Ionicare. Thank you for joining us.